Hey, I hear myself. And now you hear yourself because, yep, yes, didn't have you wired up to your ox, man. Didn't have you plugged in, man. I had to plug you into the board. <laughs> into the virtual board. Yeah. All righty. Well, that's what happens. That's what happens. And you are recording my track and clean feed because you said stop recording that. So I just want to make sure you're still recording. Yeah, no, I stopped recording the uh, uh, clips track. I'm going to turn that recording off. All right, we will get started, and uh, I'm going to leave this clip in here, and Demasi will start out the show. But if you want some of the madness of, you know, what it's like behind the scenes after we edit, I mean, before we edit, then, uh, yeah, follow us on Mastodon. You should definitely do that. Yep, so... We we do have a couple of things to talk about. I want to start out first off by thanking our uh, subscribers through the Tip Jar and Podcast. We appreciate you. If you want to find out more about how you can support us, um, go to yourownpay.com slash TW. Uh, we appreciate every last one of you. I uh, also just want to thank those of you who are listening. If you are subscribed to the show and your podcast, cast app of choice or wait hold on if you're in apple's podcast if you're following us or, or you know whatever the terminology is for the way that you're getting the show we appreciate you listening uh stay subscribed or keep following or whatever it sounds like we're closing the show but nope we're getting started so we do got a couple of things to go over uh but i was having a conversation actually with tia the other day about this and i'm not i still kind of feel like i came out of that conversation not feeling like i made my point like extraordinarily clear and i'm probably going to do a terrible job of trying to make the point here too but the reason this came up is because of what michael was attempting to do uh which was invite people in clubhouse once he checked himself in clubhouse to you know see if he could hear us uh, he wanted to invite people in Clubhouse. And thing is, if you're listening, if you were listening live to the show, you would have, uh, you know, been able to hear everything Mike was doing on his phone. Now, again, there's nothing secret about what he was doing. I don't think he has any contacts in his phone that he wouldn't want people to know he has that person's hmm. contact info because they're, you know, either extraordinarily famous or infamous or whatever the case may be. But it highlighted a thing that I was talking about with Tia, which is I tend to move through the world with an earbud in my ear, or I don't do much on my phone unless it's like answering a call or something. And the reason being is not because I really have anything to hide from people, but I care about my privacy the same ways people probably don't think about it, but the same privacy that a sighted person has, I feel like I'm entitled to as a blind person. I don't feel like I should have to give up my privacy uh, as a blind person uh, because I'm blind, right? I don't know what a sighted person is doing on their phone when they have their phone out. I may not even know they have their phone out. You know, they can be, you know, giving up the KFC recipe for all I know. I would not know it, but there's a high probability that they would know what I was doing on my phone, even with the speech fast. Don't think just because your speech is turned up to 100, somebody can't understand it. So uh, that's why I keep an earbud in, not because I have a whole bunch of stuff to hide, but just because I feel like I deserve the same. It's the same reason I turn on screen curtain. Like I can't look over somebody else's shoulder. Nobody should be able to look over my shoulder. Right. Like I feel like that is a reasonable expectation for me when it comes to privacy. I'm not saying that like, you know, people aren't tracking me. Google isn't tracking me everywhere. Not that type of privacy, <laughs> just general everyday, you know, common courtesy, mind your business while I'm minding mine type of privacy. Right. And this comes up for me quite often because as a blind individual, when you're attempting to get assistance with a problem of accessibility, some of the recommendations people make to you, I mean, official people, not just, you know, some clerk in the Walmart, but like official government people, some of their suggestions are completely asinine. And I'll give you an example. I missed a letter. So this has been several years ago. I, I may have preceded me even knowing to you. Uh, but I received a letter from Social Security and they needed me to do a thing about a thing because I was working and they were like, oh, you got to do a thing. And I never, I don't know so I didn't get the letter, but I couldn't read the letter because they didn't send it to me in Braille. So I completely missed the mail. Like it probably got trashed or whatever. 
So when I called up Social Security because they started doing stuff to my bank account and the lady was like, oh, we sent you a letter. I was like, well, I can't read it. She's like, well, I got, I will send out a new letter that is explaining what's going on and the steps that you need to take, blah, 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 whatever, whatsoever. I was like, okay, well, can you send that out in Braille? At the time, I'm not talking about today. This has been years ago, uh, at least 12, 13 years. Uh, they did not send that particular type of letter in Braille. They would send me my st- you know, statement, whatever the end of the year thing is you get, like they would send me that in Braille, but they didn't send this letter in Braille. I was like, well, how am I supposed to read it? Can you read it to me now then instead of just mailing it? Well, you don't have anyone at your house that could read it for, no, no, ma'am, I live alone. Uh, <laughs> well, you could just have your neighbor, you know, try no, seeing if a neighbor no. could read it. And I, I can't believe they made that suggestion, but I believe it. Like, I'm not saying I don't believe you. That's just ridiculous. Right. So, I was proud of, I'm still to this day proud of my response to this because I was a much younger me. I was like 24, 25, 26. Like I really could care, you know, two craps about being polite to people for real. People think of me now. Uh, But my response to her was, well, ma'am, would you give your social security statement or your tax return to your neighbor and share your social security number with them? And she said, well, no, of course not. Well, why would you suggest I do such a thing? <laughs> yeah, that is that is ridiculous. It almost comes back to the I got a form that I needed to fill out a little while ago. It it it's been within the last three years. I don't remember exactly when, but that form required me to fill out information related to my income. Okay, not a problem. I logged into my online account thinking I'd be able to fill out that information related to the income questions that they had. Nope. Can't do it there. Um, so they actually sent me the form and told me that I could, uh, fill it out. And I said, okay, so can I send a braille copy back? (laughs) And I never got a valid response. The response was, would you like us to schedule an appointment with your local field office? And I said, sure, if that's what it takes, because uh, you can send me this form, but if you don't give me a place to fill it out, how am I supposed to get that filled out and back to you? And it's not that I'm avoiding filling out the content. It's I don't have a reasonable way to complete that material. Yep. And, you know, and it's not a, a matter of not wanting to ask anybody for help. It's like sometimes you don't have the help there or it's not going to be there when you need it. Or just again, like, why should I have to basically violate my privacy just because I'm blind, right? Like I don't, I don't, and I I feel like this applies to anybody with any sort of disability. Like I don't feel like anybody's privacy should be violated just because like they're just common. And again, I'm not talking internet tracking or any of that type of stuff. I'm just talking common, common courtesy privacy. As a kid, I was taught my, and I don't say mind your business, but basically mind your business, right? Like, you know, just, you don't walk in people's house and be like, oh, let me go see what you got in your refrigerator. Like, that's not the type of, you wouldn't do that, right? Like, that's not acceptable. Nope. So why is it acceptable or expected that I should, you know, give up information about me just because I need some type of assistance? Like that to me is where the real accommodations in the world come down to is when I can't do something without having to give up a bit of my privacy or personal information to someone who does not really rightfully have the, you know, right to have said information and is not a, a family member or friend that I would you know, possibly ordinarily share that type of information with, that's when the accommodation is super important. Like we talk about airports and traveling and different things like that. And yes, I do appreciate the accommodation at the airport. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but, you know, Michael has proven you can get through the airport without <laughs> without somebody holding your hand. Uh, but it's still in 2023, like there's still paperwork that I cannot fill out or forms that I cannot, you know, fill out because they're not online. Uh, or they are online and they make me feel kind of sketchy. Got <laughs> a phone to fill that out. I mean, all it takes is a gravity form. U.S. government, just I'm, just I'm, say I'm it. Just like, and, and you know, there's so many agencies that I'm pretty sure they probably give you a fairly decent deal on a license. But I mean, really, uh-huh. if we can afford to drop the two sixty a year on it, like I'm pretty sure the government could do it. Uh, but it also brought up to me because, Mike, you've been to, you know, conventions, as I'm pretty sure some of our listeners have been to. And, like, it it kind of – and mind you, I'm not the most sociable of people in case people haven't really picked up on that. Uh, really? But also, really? you know, with, with uh, 
2020 and 2021 being the way that they were like, I, you know, hadn't been to any major events in a long, in a, a quite some time. Right. So it was a little bit of a shocker for me going to conventions and you definitely know there's blind people around and it ain't because they're canes yes. or tapping. It's because you yes. can hear their everything on their phone. I'm like, geez, you people have no decency, man. Like, and some of the information you hear, you both want to say, I did not need to hear that. And really? You here's, a cheap pair of, here's a cheap pair of earbuds for you because you probably don't want the world knowing about what you just, what I just heard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and, and look, they even connect via lightning, not just you're, USB-C. Right? Like, they here will you work go. for your phone. Here you go. Like, what, what do you need? Like, geez, like, man. And, and, now, and it, yeah. Oh, go, go for it. Oh, I was just, and it just kind of struck me as, as odd. And I was, you know, and I, I had been, I think that's one of those things that I thought about and couldn't really articulate why it was a somewhat of a thing for me until I was thinking about it one day. Where I was like, I got an earbud in and why do I have an earbud in? It's like, oh, because, you know, I don't want nobody. There wasn't, again, I wasn't doing anything. I think I was searching for a book and prologue or something, but it's like, uh, no, actually I was looking for a book on graphicaudio.net for Tia. It's like, why do I have an earbud in? And it's like, oh, it's not a surprise. It's like, oh, it's just my habit of doing that because, again, if I was a sighted person, I wouldn't be flashing my phone around for everybody to read my screen, regardless of what I was doing. Again, it could be as Using benign. Using phone in screen away mode. <laughs> Airplaying it to the big screen in the in the in the auditorium. Yeah. Like, hey, check me out. I'm over here on Amazon buying stuff. And again, it's not that there's anything to hide, right? On Amazon. Like, I don't think. Well, not for me anyway. I don't know about anybody else. <laughs> I was gonna say there is some stuff to hide on uh, Amazon. Not for me. <laughs> but again, it's just a thing like, listen, I don't know all these people. Why should they know what I'm buying on Amazon? I don't know what they're doing on their phone. Like it's kind of fair play, I think, is more what I think about it than, you know, anything else. It's like I don't have the ability to just peek over your shoulder and see what you're doing. Like, hey, I wouldn't buy that on eBay. Like, no, don't buy that on eBay. Go go to Best Buy. Uh, I can't do that to you, so you shouldn't be able to do it to me. Now, if you are curious about internet security and keeping yourself safe online, uh, you should listen to a show that Demasi, thankfully, and Jeff chatted with me on, and I really appreciate it, on Friday the 13th Double Tap. Uh, we talked a abbreviated version of TW28, and I don't know if you went back and listened, but I think it turned out pretty well for the content that we created. Uh, and Jeff does go on a little side rant about internet security and how about you're you don't always privacy online. You don't have any privacy on the internet, which to a yeah. you know, fair degree like he's correct. Right. There's things you can do to protect your privacy or not just blatantly throw your information at people. Uh, but in a lot of cases, and the sad fact of it is by the time people really started paying attention, including me, like I'm not even excluded from this party. By the time anybody really started thinking about how much data people were collecting on you and tracking you, it was too late. Like it, it, it was already over. Uh, but yeah. Jeff did have a little, a little bit of a rant about it. I was like, geez, Jeff is channeling me right now. Like, it, this sounds like right? me on, <laughs> on, on, on the DM series. Just a whole 30-minute rant on internet practices. <laughs> but, yeah. Jeff's wasn't 30 minutes. No, that, it, that, it, that was, it was not. On the DM yeah, that, series. Yeah, that was me for 30 minutes. Jeff was probably like three minutes. So, it, it wasn't even that that bad. Uh, it, it was just an expression. But, yeah, very good show. Uh, I think Sean did a masterful editing job. Uh, he didn't have a lot of yes. rough edits to do, but he still did a great editing job, I think, putting everything together. So uh, check it out. The Double Tap from Friday the 13th. Double Tap AMI Friday the 13th. So you want to talk about this box that's sitting to my left or do you want to talk about something else? No, we're going to talk about this box. Okay. So when we wrapped up last week's show, technically working number 29, uh, go check it out. Me and Michael were discussing his plans for the upcoming ACB of Oregon convention and streaming. And I, it, I will admit it now. I wouldn't admit it then kind of not really bullied Mike, but kind of sort of bullied Mike into buying the, uh, the, the, the audio Evo 16. You should just buy it. Uh, the audio Evo 16. Um, yep. 
we both had been kind of, you know, I don't say really dancing around it, but we both had looked at it. We both had interest in checking it out. And this was, to me, a legitimate reason for Mike to get it because we did think it would solve his problem. And honestly, it could solve the problem. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. after I bullied Mike into buying it, uh, then it occurred to me, well, hey, and before I tell that part of it, let, let, let's give the whole story. So prior to me coming up with this revelation and sharing it with Mike and us doing some testing of it, we weren't 100% sure what connections were going to be available at the hotel. Once we knew that, then the idea struck me, well, hey, you could just do this with the already stuff that you already have. You may need to buy a cable versus a whole audio interface. <laughs> So, <laughs> so Mike, tell people nineteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, tell people what. Uh, I mean, you can describe what 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 the plan is for this and what we've tested, and then we will follow up after the Oregon convention and let you know how it turned out. Because I'm interested to make sure, like, hey, it was my idea, so I kind of feel like if it doesn't work, I got to take the blame for it. But what did we discover, man? And what are you doing with the Evo now? Yeah. So two things. Number one, I am returning the Evo. Um, paid an extraordinarily outrageous amount of money to return it, but it's less than the cost of the device itself. When I first got the device, I'm like, huh, I kind of like this. It It's about the size of an old VCR. Uh, Demasi probably remembers those. A uh, little bit wider than a, than a VCR. It's got buttons on the front Kids, and a parents. single knob. Yes, yes. Uh, and it's got the XLR ports and quarter-inch jacks on the back. And, you know, really, it's it's not a bad device. The USB-C plugs in on the back right, and I really wanted to like it. The problem that I ran into, <clears throat> and I will admit that I'm, I invested the, the capital into the equipment, and I didn't want to put the time into figuring out. Because there are some people on Mastodon that swear what I want to do can be done with this device and loop back. However, we'll talk about what solution we came up with in a moment, which negates the purpose of having this product. Um, so the reason it didn't immediately work for me and I, I didn't call Demasi and say, yep, I'm going to keep this and I'm going to go try this out at the convention is because like any other audio device, it appears on the Mac uh, under the core audio or your sound audio input and output, I saw one device. Now, that one device also showed up in, Re- in Reaper and in Loopback and gave me access to all of the channels. But it was my hope that maybe I would see channels 1, 2, 3, 4, etc. in the sound devices options on macOS. That was not the case. And, you know, we talk about parallels all the time being great and amazing. And yesterday I was telling someone it's really nice that I can test a website in Safari and then jump over to Windows and test that website because we were trying to get something to work. And it wasn't working, but it turned out to be a Safari issue because the menus expanded in Edge. Don't use parallels when you're trying to use audio equipment because there are some limitations. So I did try to install the Evo software in Windows to play with it, and it absolutely did not like that process. <clears throat> so um, the problem that I wanted to do is I have, with the Evo, I purchased two handheld microphones as well, and I will be keeping those at least for now. Um, and those two microphones I was going to use because I didn't want to use the, try to figure out how to get audio from the hotel's microphone back into my computer, because how Oregon is set up is Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we'll have one board member on zoom. And then we have a couple of members who have registered to join us on zoom. Most of our members and most of our board members will be in person. And so therefore I needed audio from in person to be heard over the in-house speakers and that audio from in person to also be heard in zoom. Additionally, I needed zoom audio to be heard over the overhead speakers, but I didn't want Zoom to have to hear Zoom, if that makes sense, because that is a delay and it won't sound very good. 
I didn't know the inputs and outputs at the hotel and come to find out the hotel that we'll be at does not have any outputs, which makes me even happier that I picked up these Gemini microphones because what we ended up doing, and I've tested this with the Tribbett Storm Ox Blast, and I can talk about that if you want, Demasi, is we ended up just using the Vocaster and um, the headphone jack that's on the Mac Mini. So I'll run Yay through this, this setup. Yeah, yeah, that I thought I didn't have, and Demasi had to go look at his Mac Mini to tell me where it was. <laughs> So I'll give a quick rundown of what, what we have set up. So the Gemini microphones, and I just, no, I have to find a cable. I just, I was about to say, I just ran into a problem that we're going to have, but the Gemini microphone ha- comes with a box that plugs into the wall. And then on the back of the box, there's a XLR one and XLR two and between those XLR ports is a quarter inch. So I'm going to use a quarter inch male to XLR male cable. Uh, the quarter inch is going to plug into the back of the box for the Gemini microphones. And then the um, XLR port is going to plug into the Vocaster itself where I normally have my uh, Shure Beta 87A microphone plugged in. We will turn phantom power off because you don't need it for that. So that means that anything that is said into one of the Gemini microphones will be heard immediately by people on Zoom because I'll just log into Zoom with the Mac Mini and you, they'll be able to hear that content. Uh, people in the uh, hotel won't hear anything yet because we haven't hooked this into the hotel system. So the cable I bought for $20 versus $549 is an eighth inch cable that plugs into the headphone jack on the Mac mini and then goes to two XLR cable uh, males that will plug into the hotel's uh, AV system, hopefully, because I realize now that I assumed that the XLR connectors are within 10 feet of each other, but mm, you know what they say about assuming. So yeah, we'll, they'll, they'll we'll get that to work. We'll, yeah. 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 If, if it doesn't, we have a backup plan and we can run HDMI into the house system. So now if I plug in uh, that cable to the Mac mini and then to the hotel system, people on zoom will be heard through the overhead speakers and people will hear anything that in person says on zoom that left one other problem. And that problem is how do I get the audio from the Gemini microphones to go over the overhead speakers? And how do I get the zoom audio to go over the, no, the zoom audio is already going over the overhead speakers. So, um, what Demasi suggested is, well, you know, you have that headphone jack and when you plug something into it in loopback, you can set that headphone jack as a monitor device. So if you apply that monitor device to the Vocaster mic, for example, which is what's getting audio from the wireless mics, then the wireless mic audio will go over the overhead speakers. The zoom audio, because zoom is set to put its output through the headphone jack, will go over the overhead speakers and you'll be heard in zoom. So everyone can talk with each other. I know. Someone told me that sounds super convoluted, and I probably did a horrible job about explaining it, but uh, that's what we've got going on, and I've tested it several times now using the Tribbett Stormbox Blast. I have a line-in connector plugged into the back of that speaker, and uh, with a couple of presses of buttons and loopback, I can get audio from almost any source to come out of the uh, out of the Tribbett Stormbox Blast, including the microphones that I have connected to the computer. So see, man, I saved you five hundred and fifty bucks. Uh, well, if we count the return <laughs> and if we count the cables, I think you saved me four hundred and eighty-nine dollars. Okay, well, you know, still saved you some money. <laughs> you still saved a lot of money. the The problem I might run into, and and I, I think, well, I know there's not really a way to test this until we actually get there is levels and i i hope that the audio doesn't come in too low and that be an issue so that may be something we have to experiment with but i will be at the hotel early enough on friday 
to do some tests both in Zoom and to do some tests with the overhead speakers to get everything working. And if it doesn't work, well, we'll figure something else out. Well, it's a learning. Got a, got a couple of things that that you already have with you to kind of resolve those issues if they come up. That should help if if audio is too low, and remember this just in case audio is too high as well. So there's sound source for Zoom. Uh, you could always boost the audio with one of the little booster, you know, things they got over there, like the overdrive. I think is what it's called. I'm more worried about the microphone audio. I don't think the, Zoom's going to be an issue. The microphone should be fine, but if not, you can always grab, and I would maybe pre-configure this session in Audio Hijack just in case you need it, to grab the mic audio, boost it, and then send it out of the headphones. So ah, it's a three-block okay. session, right? Your microphone, you know, Vocaster microphone is the input, a voice booster block like what i'm using to send our audio into club deck and then select the headphone jack or headphones as the output uh on the output block and just ratchet your audio up if you need to do it yeah hopefully i won't but you know it's it's that's what we've settled on uh we will follow up and let you know how that goes because as of the time of recording, we will be over halfway through our convention. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, wait, what? Anyway, as of the time of this recording, one week from now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. It's like, hold yeah. on, wait a minute. I knew what that didn't sound show? right when I said it. <laughs> so, what is this show coming out on? This is Monday. We ain't did it yet. You ain't done it yet, man. Hold on. Yeah, we'll, we will follow up, though, because I'm, I'm curious to see if that works. And I think it's an interesting use of existing. To be uh, fair, Demasi, you aren't registered because I used you while testing the gravity form. So you can come and see. I know. I can out. join and check it out. Uh, I might do or that. Or you, listener, can tune in on Saturday to ACB Media 9 because all day Saturday we'll be streaming. We are not streaming Friday or Sunday. There you go. So cool. And, you know, it kind of takes me to a, another point that I was thinking about when I was brainstorming this and then explaining it to Mike and trying to figure out how to test it. Mike actually is the one who thought about using the blast. Like, that part was not mine. I was like, hmm, how would I simulate testing? I could get the connector cable here. No, that doesn't work. He was like, oh, I'll just use the blast. And I was like, oh, yeah. It's got an aux port on it. <laughs> cool. Um, but it also brought back you know, a, a thing or, or a something that's sort of been top of mind for me business wise, which is making, you know, sh- sh- maximizing the already available equipment uh, you know, or maximizing your resources, right? Like trying to get everything out of the resources you have before acquiring new resources or, or new expenses or et cetera, right? You know, one example is I'm using an old iPhone as a webcam, which means at some point I will get off my butt and uh, eBay the webcam that's in a drawer in a carrying case. I uh, just hadn't done it yet. And I'm really not happy about these eBay fees. If I can go on a quick rant about that, <laughs> just very briefly. Good <laughs> grief, man, what is going on? It's almost not worth the time or energy, is it? <sighs> man. See, what I need is an auction that like triples what I would even closely want from the product that I'm trying to sell in order to feel like I really got a great sale on eBay, right? I need at least double on an auction. Like let's say I want to sell something for 200 bucks. I really needed to sell at like 350 for me to really get out of it what I really want, right? Like that's how I feel that those numbers are not too off from far off from the truth either. If I really need 200 bucks for this product, uh, I needed to sell for like three fifty, three twenty five. But yeah, but those fees are a tax write off. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Tax <laughs> yeah, man, tax write offs don't pay my bills right now. Uh huh. Yeah, Ta- tax write offs ain't solving the problem today. Now that does take me to the point of like, okay, if I get a refund this coming tax year, though, you know, put more of that away uh, than I did this year. Uh, I didn't get a huge amount anyway, but you know, maybe. Think about that when you get that money too. Like that tax refund is some of the stuff that you have written off that came out of your pocket. Uh, you know, for example, fees as a, as a business owner with payment processing, we pay fees anyway. Uh, all of my strike fees are tax write-offs. Yeah, we do. Uh, 
I should actually look at the numbers and be like, okay, this is how much I spent in payment processing. If my refund exceeds that, I should take that and put it in my business bank account, first of all, because, hey, that's money that the business spent uh, to be able to take payments for people to pay their invoices. Uh, so I, I, I'm going to I've been thinking more along those lines of like just just stretching what you got, maximizing. Uh, I was kind of happy after we figured out this this deal would work for Mike because I was like, yeah, he ain't got to keep the thing. Uh, <laughs> and then he was thinking, yeah, I don't got to go buy one now either because now Mike. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm I, I like this blast setup because there for a couple of moments. I don't know if you heard any sort of echo or anything, but I had both you and me coming out of the uh, speaker. Because I was able do to it. do that, and I just set that up with loopback, and I'm like, "Can I do this real quick?" And I was able to quickly put it together, and I knew what needed to happen. So I think I'm getting more comfortable in loopback. I'm getting more comfortable with the tools that I have, and now we just got to start solving some problems and making some money. There you go. And now everybody, you know, it's just one more insight or or view into why rogue amoebas tools in general. Like I can't pick one of them and be like, "I gotta have this one." Uh, kind of need at least a three. Audio hijack, loopback, and sounds worse. Uh, and Farago. Well, you don't need it, but yeah, it is nice, nice to have. Yeah, Farago is nice. Especially after I found out that's that's what's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of blew your mind, didn't it? You're like, yeah, Whoa. sure did. And I'm like, wait, you can you can fade sounds with Farago? I did not know that. Oh, like, yeah, I just man. knew you how to play do, them. No, you can do a ton of ton of stuff with Farago, man. Uh, you can fade sounds in. I think it's possible to repeat, like set an actual repeat. Yeah, interval I knew you could repeat them, like but I didn't know you could adjust their volume. It makes sense that you can because volume is what Audio Hijack does, or not Audio Hijack, but Rogue Amoeba. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Farago, for me, I wouldn't put it on that like I got to have it, but like a Mac is broken if I don't have loopback, audio hijack, and sound source. If I had to give sound up. Source. yeah. Yeah, sound source. If I had to give up at least one of those, I, I, don't, I don't think I could do it, actually. So I was going to say sound source. I could give source. up audio hijack. Nope. I could give that up personally, and then I actually, no, I can't because I'm live streaming. This. oh maybe not there's there's a reason i erased everything off my mac a couple of weeks ago when i realized the software wasn't gonna work on beta uh-huh yeah see that tells you enough right there no you think you can get away without using you like oh i could let go of audio hijack right because i've thought that too like out of the tools loopback is probably the most valuable is what i thought at one point because i was doing you know i had built a whole virtual mixer that i was using in reaper so i was able to do some audio routing that you can't natively do with hardware uh, on the Mac anymore, apparently. Um, but then there's like, okay, this recording, like this backup recording might not be happening the way it's happening. And I'm live streaming it all at the same time. What else would I use to live stream if I didn't have audio hijack? Like, I don't really know. On a quick side note. Just a quick shout out. I was just going to say just a quick shout out to the three listeners on IA Cast Radio. I do like this new interface because I can quickly see how many there are. Each of you, do me a favor. Go text one of your friends and tell them to tune in so they can listen to. There you what was go. your side note? My quick side note or my quick call out to the community uh, or anybody listening. If you are a, you don't have to be an old Mac user. You just got to be have using it probably for at least 10 years, if not more, and be into audio. I really want somebody to remind me because I feel like at one point I had an audio interface or mixer, you know, USB audio interface with a mixer that I could plug in. And I saw all of the channels like show up in places other than the audio MIDI setup, right? Like I was actually able to Mm. send audio to this specific group of now everything was stereo pair. And I remember being annoyed about that too. Like, Oh, well, why can't I just model this channel? Nope. It's going to be channels one or two, or this is going to be three or four and that's five or six. It's like, okay. All right. Whatever. I could work with that. I remember seeing this and then now it's not there. Like it hasn't been there for a long time. So it's not like a recent thing that has disappeared for us. I I'm just looking for someone to confirm that I'm not, misremembering what used to be possible in Mac OS by plugging in a multi-track or multi-channel uh, interface. 
I know it's not there today, but somebody please tell me I'm not like really misremembering this because otherwise I've been telling a whole lot of people like this really should be possible and then they're 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 all on board with me like yeah we should be able to do this and and then we can't and they're like whatever I posted on Mastodon Monday since when is, or what type of world is it that we're living in when uh, Windows gives you more audio routing abilities with hardware than the Mac does yeah so People should tune in to uh, Friday's Double Tap, this past Friday's Double Tap, uh, because the statement I made about a yeah. Windows computer wasn't 100% uh, Inactive. joking. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. Oh, I am yeah. thinking about it. There, There is a scenario where this could happen. Uh, oh, look at there. Hold on. No. Yeah. Save all this tracks together. Here. Go buy a Windows computer now and then teach people how to route audio on Windows. Oh. Okay, did it actually save my download? Okay, yes. Download completed. I'm not sure how I feel about this edge. Like, I deal with it on Windows for uh, work because I just, it it is very basic usage. Like, I'm not doing a whole lot outside of that. I'm not sure how I feel about it on the Mac, though. Might go back to the Chrome. I have, uh, I do have Chrome on this computer now. I I, I jump into Edge now. Um, poke around it in your settings because I did change some of my settings in Edge. I need to go change some more on the Mac because Windows. I like Edge in Windows now. <laughs> like <laughs> I, it's not a bad browser in Windows anymore. Yeah, I need to rebuild a what Windows you, machine. What do you use for EPUB reading on the Mac? absolutely nothing okay so you take those epubs and put them into voice stream yes still still okay okay because it offered for me to open it in books and i'm like i don't i don't know if i want to open this in books i don't i don't have any reason not to open it in books i found that book you were talking about um and I'm like, I have no reason not to open it in books. I just don't know if I want to. So it's not terrible on the Mac. I honestly, so a part of the reason for me though is that I do prefer to read, uh, you know, any kind of EPUB or long PDF. I would prefer to read it on the phone over the Mac anyway. Mm. Uh, which reminds me, I need to think about. What are they doing with voice stream, man? Because like, I know the price is going up. If I cancel this, do I lose my, my iOS one? Because I could really not care all that much about the Mac one. Yeah. If I look at the last time I opened it, I wish there was a very quick way for me to figure it out. And I feel like there is. It's just not coming to mind. But at any rate, I couldn't tell you when the last time was I opened the Mac version. Uh, if it's even installed. Hey, there's a question. It's probably not even installed. So Demasi is, I think, about to get someone to purchase, and I won't mention his name, even though he posted all over Mastodon, uh, getting ready to purchase DevonThink because we've talked about it quite a bit. And then he downloaded the app and played with it and really likes it, especially as an RSS reader. So I said, huh, maybe since I'm talking about DevonThink with Demasi, I should go open it. And I opened it and I said, this is very confusing and overwhelming of information on here. And I remember that you had mentioned that V3 until you made some changes to the interface was a bit overwhelming as well. So I guess my question for you on that is what have you changed on Devon think or what does your Devon think look like? Or do you have any tips for someone hitting the ground running with it? So I would have to look and like, I don't really know how to tell you what I've changed without you being familiar with it. Some of the changes I made are to make it look more like the layout, at least across the screen for me, navigating with voiceover, look more like uh, version two. Uh, because okay. to me, that was a very, I mean, almost like a Finder S type of interface uh, or a transmit type of interface is, is more what version two uh -huh. was like for me, uh, for the most part. And I tried to get version three back, but it took me a while to get there. So like, I don't, really know the the best advice i can give is 
look at use make very heavy use of the view menu like if there's anything that you don't understand or it's like oh i don't know why this is here and why i have to keep navigating about it look around in the view menu and toggle stuff on and off to see if it solves the problem uh there's a pretty decent at least it was decent when i read it i thought it was kind of helpful uh take control book about devon think three um Kind of goes over some of the changes. Some of it is not going to necessarily be relevant if you've never used the app before because some of it, some of it is talking about how to, you know, make it look more like version two. But a lot of it is just how the application works and how you can use it. Hold on one second. I got to sneeze. Yeah, I just need to spend some time and put play with it and put it through its paces and stuff. Uh, I think Devin, Devin thought, Devin Spark, blah, blah. I think David Sparks did a tutorial on Devon Think maybe, or uh, there there is quite a bit of learning material on YouTube oh, yeah. too. I find yeah. myself going to YouTube more and more to learn new stuff. Yeah, see, I find myself there more often than I like to admit, but I also am not happy about it because it really makes me want to pay for a premium so I don't have to see the ads. I cannot tell you how spoiled I feel at the moment because so many, I'm not saying so, I don't listen to as many podcasts as I used to, first of all. Oh man, I really deleted the crap out of stuff in Overcast. Like, I probably have under 20 podcasts in Overcast right now. Um, but at any how rate, many? under 20. Wow. I think, I think I'm at like 38 right now. Yeah, I think I'm probably somewhere around like 50. I'll, I'll post on mass and I'll like how many I have uh, when I actually count them. But I'm pretty sure it's less than 20. It may be less than 15 at the moment because I really deleted. Now, I, you know, I'm, I'm a backup person. I did export my OPML before I started deleting stuff. It is currently <laughs> in a Git repo because I'm that type of person. Uh, so it's even version control. So I have now export. I will now that I think I'm kind of happy. Found a couple of more shows to delete. I'm going to export this OPML. So if I ever need to go back and like, what was the show I was listening to that I can't find anymore? Nobody knows what I'm talking about. I can pull it out of the Git repo. And if you need my Python script that I got thanks to ChatGPT to pull the titles out of there, just so you have a searchable title list of all the podcasts. Oh, that is man. kind of nice to be able to just do a find a search different podcast titles if you remember a keyword in it. That's what I'm using it for. Man, so what would have been cool, and, and I didn't even think about this after you, because I did this after you uh, made that script. Uh, mm -hmm. Been nice to just put in the uh, commit message, like which podcast I deleted. Just you know, do like a no, uh, oh, no, uh, I've yeah, yeah, something like that. Like not necessarily what I deleted, but yeah, like actually do a change log. I did not go that far, but I did you know <laughs> do decent commits on the OPML file to say like you know this is me. This is, you know, of course it has to date uh, right before I start deleting a whole bunch of stuff. So uh, if I'm ever like, there's a show that I was subscribed to or whatever, and I cannot find it anymore. I always go back to that. I know which OPML to possibly pull, which is that one before I started deleting all the stuff. Yeah, Devin Think as an application is cool. I do have a couple of RSS feeds set up in there. Mostly what I do with this is I send documents, web pages, etc. Uh, to specific locations, uh, groups. One thing to wrap your head around with, with Devin Think is because they, they use some different lingo. A database is, I'm going to say, a, I can't say that word that I was going to say. Uh very similar to, or I don't want to say similar to, think about it as, or think about it as a as an alternative phrase for, say, a hard drive or something, or a folder, you know, a top-level folder. Okay. Uh, groups, again, that to me really aligns with what folders are in Finder or, or in Windows Explorer, you know, typical file folders that we're thinking of. Tags are kind of like tags, you know, if, you, if you're familiar with tags and you like using tags, uh, tags will make you happy. If you're like me, you're like, I really want to use these tags, but I always feel like I end up with triplicate tags because I forget which applications slash systems care about uh, capitalization and which ones don't. So I quickly abandon the tags. Then just, just ignore them. But uh, 
So I'll give you an example of a couple of databases. I have. So there's a global inbox. That is where everything can live. So it kind of in a way, if you wanted to use it that way, be kind of like the getting things done methodology where like you dump everything in the global inbox, which is itself a database, and then you move stuff out to where it needs to be organized at later. I don't use it that way. I tried it. Guess what happened? You never moved anything. Exactly. Yep. Yep. Who's got time for that? Right. It's like, oh, well, it's all in here and I can just search for it. So, you know, screw this. Why do I need to sort it out? Like, we'll just right? put it all in here. Yeah. There's so much to sort out now because I, you know, forgot <laughs> to do this. You know what? I'll just search, you know. Gmail. See, this is the habit Google has taught the world. Like, don't organize stuff. Just throw it all in the bucket and search it. And I can't complain about that because we were looking for a tracking number from a couple of months ago and I wasn't finding it in Apple mail. So I went to gmail.com and I hit the slash key and I typed in the last four digits of a tracking number that was sent with that same package because we had one, but we didn't have the other and it popped right up and I'm like, thank you, Gmail. I love you. <laughs> uh huh. Yep. It's the reason I have so many emails because I tend to archive. Uh, yeah. Over delete. Yep. Again, another another thing we learned from Google. Google has done some very good things for the world. It's just they wanted to make sure it was working, so they decided to track you everywhere. <laughs> not Gmail, not Google. <laughs> so yeah, what type of databases do you have set up? So, uh, in addition to that global inbox that I mentioned, because that that that's just there. That's a default. Um, I have a let's see what I have in there. So I have a program, programming language database. And what okay. I've done for organization there is uh, I have groups for the different languages. So PHP, JavaScript, et cetera. And then what I'm doing, I'm actually trying to use tags correctly here. And I'm tagging things with, so let's take PHP. If this is a WordPress PHP snippet, right? I will. It goes in PHP because it's PHP, but I tag it with WP. Yep. And okay. let's say if it's also related to Gravity Forms, well, I will tag it with GF. Uh, okay. Or if it's related to, and then if you have a JavaScript snippet, you'll put it in JavaScript uh-huh. group, but ta- and that for goes for Gravity Forms, but tag it with WP and GF as well. Uh huh. So if I'm looking for a gravity forms thing or WP thing, I can search that out by tags because that'll help filter that out. And it doesn't matter whether it's PHP or JavaScript. If I'm looking for how to do something specifically in JavaScript, I could restrict my search to just a JavaScript group. Does it make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the way. Now, this is the newest database I have. So this is the one that I think I have figured out how it will really work to my benefit and not just be a place where I go in there and randomly search like I'm searching Google, because that's what it eventually mm-hmm. turned into for me, because I wasn't very careful about the uh, organization. Uh, the other folder I have here is called business. Uh, that one has a lot of the information I gathered when researching what I needed to do to form an LLC and different stuff like that around like business legal stuff. Uh, It also has some registration information about the business and it is where I have stored a few of the drafts that I was working on drafts in the sense of like, I have not finalized these documents for like internal policies, things like that. And it's mostly so I wouldn't lose those things. And because they didn't make sense to be sitting in sync. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. So, and you got to you you do have to eventually get stuff out of drafts cuz I bet those drafts started in drafts. Uh yeah, well, some of them started as ideas in drafts. Uh for sure. The other reason that they're in Devon thing too is because I can also link to like supporting documentation and like bundle those things or group those things together or categorize them together. Right. So if I look at access those links, because I've seen you can link documents in different tools, but voiceover users can't actually, they can see the links, but they can't click the links. So I'm going to give you a yes and no answer. And the reason I'm giving you a yes and no answer is because sometimes I can uh, be a little 
disparaging of what I how I think something is going to work. So I find a solution that I know should work. And if it works, I keep doing that and I never go check out the other way to do it. So what I do is I will, depending on the document structure, a lot of times the very simplest thing to do is link to stuff in a markdown document, like make a markdown document and make kind of sort of like an index or table of contents or whatever they would call it, a glossary uh, or something, right? So I can click those links to get there. Um, the other thing that you can do, and this does work with Devin thing is just copy the link of an item that you want to paste instead of trying to use their backlink system like that. That's, I think what you're asking about is like they have their wiki style link thing, right? Where you're supposed to be able to put brackets and do that. Right. I have not used that. I do have it turned on. I just never use it because like in a draft document that I'm working on with some policy stuff, um, I have links to a couple of, uh, articles from uh, CISA, the Cyber Security Infrastructure Security Agency or something like that. Um, I save those into DevonThink as uh, web archives. So I'd like to basically full offline save of the web page. I went to those items in DevonThink and VO shift them uh, and copy the link item. Right. So that's an internal link inside of Devon thing. It starts with like X hyphen X colon Devon thing, something like that. Right. So and I paste that into the document where I want to reference that so I can just that link I know will work for me. Because it's no different than me using that same link to target an item if I was building a shortcut or something. Right. Uh, So I will link to it that way. So I haven't actually used the wiki style links to see if they work. And the reason I mentioned Markdown is because I don't want to see that ugly long link. So I'll say, you know, open bracket. Uh, here's some suggestions from CISA. Close bracket, open parentheses. Did Devin think internal item link? Close parentheses. All right. So I get a nice link in my Markdown preview. So it's one of those, and I, I think kind of what the little quick start guide that you get when you open DevonThink for the first thing says is, if you don't understand all this, that's okay. Just start using it, and then you'll figure it out. So I think that's kind of what I need to do is just start using it and maybe pick up uh, that that book or do a lot of YouTube research because, yeah, like it there, or not, there's a YouTube lot of does help a lot. It does. Oh, no, I'm not yeah. angry about being on YouTube. I just don't want to have to pay for it, but I, I get spoiled. Downy, sir, downy. I get spoiled. I forget that downy actually. Shh. <laughs> I don't know what this is you speak of, sir. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Go join Setup, and then you'll know what it is. <laughs> hey, Setup. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I'll just cut down. Use my, my referral link. It's in the show notes. I'll just cut down my Setup subscription, too. Uh yeah, I don't know if I'm going to keep set app. We'll see. We'll see. I still have it, but I'm only paying for Every it. time it comes around, I say, what apps am I using? Then you go look. Yeah. yeah. So I'll tell you what yeah. I'm using. Then I go look at my setup. I'm like, oh, Downy, Permute. Apple, so no, that's it. Yeah. So for that, maybe not so much because, uh, I mean, so I was paying for two. I think Downy is like 10 bucks or something. Yeah, like you probably at some point have a license for Downey, so you should get a, a discount upgrade. So it probably would buy like 10 or 12 bucks for you. But I think it's actually only like right. 20 bucks, or at least it was when I bought it. So I have set up on the MacBook Air. Uh, I do have Downey in Permute there, uh, primarily because even though I own a license for those two apps, uh, if I use them through setup, it helps, you know, helps the developer out a little bit. How, right. However, that, that scheme works. Uh, so yeah. therefore it's installed through setup. Uh, but I also have, uh, but in addition to Permute and Downey. Do you put your setup apps in your setup folder? I, it, I used to move them out, but I'm kind of still on the fence about setup, honestly, whether or not I want to keep it. And this most recent thing they've done kind of right. really makes me want to get rid of it. Uh, I do have clean my Mac X installed. Uh, mm. I should install that. For some reason, I feel like I was having issues with my Mac when I had it running, but maybe the problem is, is I wasn't running it and I was having issues and I should have cleaned my yeah, Mac. I don't, I don't know. know. I don't know. So we're going to do a very unscientific test since I have it installed and I kind of feel like what you just said is true. Like I feel like when I 
install clean my Mac, it doesn't instantly cause a problem, but I end up with weird stuff going on and have to wipe my computer, right? So here's mm-hmm. what we're going to do. You keep running without clean my Mac X and I will uh, keep running with clean my Mac X. Well, no, see, I'm at the point that I want to wipe my computer because of weird stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and you recently did this already. So if yes. we're almost yes. starting from the same fresh point and I install clean my Mac and you don't and I arrive back there in three months, uh, then we'll know. Then we know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very unscientific uh, experiment we're going to do here. But yeah, my I, I do kind of feel like what you said is actually true about Clean My Mac. There, nevertheless, I still have it installed because it does help you find these ginormous files. Sometimes you're like, why do I have that there? Right. But there's probably a way to use Hazel to routinely search the possible places I would have files. Uh, so, you know, maybe search a whole hard drive every month or so or 90 days to be like, if there's any, you know, pop up a, or run a script that will give me a list of the files that are all over one gigabyte, for example. And then I can look at the list and be like, oh, well, no, I need to keep that. Why do I still have that? Like, geez, <laughs> throw that in the trash. I don't man. need that Windows install anymore. Uh, I, was, I was looking at my downloads. I. I'm becoming a data hoard now. I am hoarding data, and I really need to stop because I'm, I'm looking. So uh, anyone who listens knows I set up a rule to copy all of my files from my Alphonic folder to an Alphonic archives, right? That's fine. I expect that folder to be big. I haven't even looked at it. Well, I said, why don't I set that up for my downloads folder to keep my downloads clean too? And so... 407.76 gigabytes of downloads on my external drive. Yeah, you probably want to clean that. I need, to, I need, I need some help. Uh, you should probably just delete. And I'm afraid to go delete it all. Because there's going to be I'm something like, that you need. Yeah. So here's the problem. And right? I know where to find it right now if I can't find it. Like, I'm like, oh, that was in my downloads. No, so it's no. probably. It's not even the point of you remember a thing that you need to go find. It's when you actually do go through the list, you're going to be like, oh, I forgot I downloaded that. I should look at that or I should make use of that or whatever. Like, that's what happens to me a lot is. I'll be cleaning, trying to clean up my downloads. I'm like, oh, I forgot I downloaded that 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 uh that mm-hmm. tool or that book. I should read that. Where if I delete it, I will never find it. And sometimes there's some hidden gems in in the. I don't have 400 gigs of. I have 400 gigs of my downloads. I thought my Alphonic archives was going to be worse. That's only 82 gigs. Yeah, you know what? Well, those are all MP3s. Oh, audio. <laughs> this, 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 uh, this those all... are all. All flack files because ah. they're archived from my uh, Alphonics apps for uh, rendering files. Not oh, gotcha. rendered gotcha. content through Alphonic. Huh. So they're the originals. Well, not the originals. They're the originals out of Reaper. There gotcha. You. Yeah, they're, they're the rendered. Result. How big is my Reaper folder? Well, probably not as big as you think, man, because you're using flack. Unlike this clean feed who doesn't want to give me flack. To save my files. 106.6 gigabytes. Whoa, that's a lot. (laughs) It is an awful lot. Anyways. uh, Yeah. I think think my biggest folder, outside of anything that's like an archive or a backup situation, I think my biggest folder is... I'm thinking it's this folder. Sites folder. Uh, I'm using 1.76. What does 1.76 terabytes purgeable mean? 1.76 terabytes purgeable. You don't know either. Uh, it it I I think it means that's, that what, the that's system, what this external hard drive says I have. I, I think that means that in whenever the system feels like getting around to it, it it can purge that amount of data. I wonder if I empty my trash, if that gets rid of it. Hopefully there's nothing in there I needed. Oh, man, no, you ever do that thing where you delete something and then you, you hit Command Z and it pops back out of the trash? You're like, whew, thank goodness. Yep, sure do. And then 
you delete your trash and then you're like, well, I hope there wasn't anything hope in there. There wasn't anything I need to go find later because it's all over now. It's all over. Huh. It always excludes so, backups. Too, how do I so. upgrade this hard drive that you sent me? Uh, take the screws out of the back, lift the top off. And then I can just buy bigger hard drives because I guarantee I'm going to start needing more hard drives. Yeah. So those are 2.5 inch bays. There's two of those. So you have to make sure it's a 2.5 okay. inch drive. Other than that, it should fit. Yeah. Just, uh, well, unplug it first, obviously. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Take the screws out. Is there out. one or two drives in there right now? Two. Okay. Two that are combined into one, though, right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anyways, we'll talk about hard drive upgrading space because apparently I'm going to need it. I, I'm I'm down to less than a terabyte available, which sounds so ridiculous, <laughs> but. Uh, oh, so let me. Let me I'm go. not turning into Steve. Even I'm let's see if anyone was to look at this this hard drive they'd be like i don't know where anything is and i literally know where just about everything is so we'll be following up on devon think for sure um we might even bring this un this unnamed individual on to talk about it. Once he's had some time to spend with it, I do feel like Devin Think is one of those apps you for sure want to. Yes, yes. If if he buys it, purchase it just to come on the show. But <laughs> if he ends up getting it and finds value in it, it would be interesting to find out what pushed him over the edge to say, yeah, this is worth it for me. Democracy is distracted by. Actually, I'm distracted because my computer has gotten like super slow since I started talking about clean my Mac. Like it's taking revenge or something. <laughs> well, that's disconcerting. Hopefully he saved recently. Anything else, sir? Nope. I think that's it. Okay. Um, I do want to especially thank our number one supporter because our number one supporter just renewed while we were recording. Well, I think it was an automatic renewal. So I want to give them a shout out yet again. Uh, I know we did that at the beginning, but we really appreciate you taking that plunge and getting and giving us, giving us a, a little bit of money and showing us that you value the time that we sit down and technically work. I am on Mastodon at Payom, P-A-Y-O-W-N, at unmute.community. He's on Mastodon, Damasi, D-A-M-A-S-H-E, at unmute.community. And he'll tell you where to find show notes if we put any links. Yep, yourhomepay.com slash T-W. Or emails, because we got an email. Oh, yeah, we got an email. Thank you to a person who emailed us about Android. Oh, really man, we forgot about it. the whole follow-up. See, we're, we're okay, we, we were, uh, everybody else has their whole follow-up segment. We should, we should, uh, we should think about that. We'll, we'll, we'll put it in a doc that doesn't exist and talk about it. That doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thanks to the person who did email us with the thoughts on Android. Very good idea, uh, and it is something that we were planning on doing, but we're glad to know that at least one person is going to be interested besides the two of us in having that conversation, which is about, you know, some apps for Android. We kind of want to do a similar thing to what we did on Windows and Mac uh, with Android and iOS. Uh, but, you know, you see the Windows Mac show was an hour and a half. So... Couldn't squeeze yeah. both of those topics into one yeah. show, but we're definitely going to. I'm do getting some, ready to um, reset my phone again, it. though. So, yeah, yeah me too. Me I got to back up my pedometer plus plus data. So, it I'll does not do save first. to the cloud. It, okay. No, it should be in health though. Like it should be in health. So it, it is, but but it doesn't bring your data back into the pedometer app. Oh. So your your data's there, but if you have like streaks and stuff like that in pedometer or you you know how how far have I walked in total, that data does not come back into pedometer from health. 
you have to export what turns out to be a CSV file and then re-import that after you reset your phone. I did not know that last time. I know I know that this time. So Ah, okay. See, I didn't know that either. So good deal. Uh underscore David Smith, you should uh consider possibly if Apple would let you uh ask for the permission to yank all of my walk just data, my shit step data, iCloud motion kit. data. Yeah. Uh-uh. He, I, I maybe can't yeah. do that because it does. I don't know what data is actually in that CSV, but if it's health data, he can't. He, he can write to the health it's app, but I don't columns. think he can independent. It's date, steps, and distance. Ah, okay. Well, I mean, that will be an option too. But what I really want is look into my health app and pull all of the step information out and just kind of crunch away on that in the background, you know, until you've mm-hmm. got the numbers. Because then that could tell me how far I've walked since. I don't know, 20, when, when did the 5S come out? 2012, 2013? Because that's the first phone that had a co-processor that started tracking your steps, right? That's when I first started using Predominant Plus Plus. Oh, man, that would be some interesting data to get. Right. <laughs> See, this is why I want him to just be able to reach into the health app and, and retrieve the data instead of like, oh, export this file and then import it when you set your phone back up. Like, No, I don't want to. Just yes, thank you to the person the that wrote in. You, you can't. Yeah, yeah. Thanks to the person who wrote in. We are going to be discussing Android and reach out. Like, if you're interested in, you know, discussing your journey, because hey, I would like to know how the experiment goes out trying out the Pixel Eight or Pixel Eight Pro. Uh, let us know. You can email us for those who don't have the email address: tw at your own pay dot com. Email us, which actually comes to me for some reason, because for some reason, Demas is not getting them because I broke something, but he still gets the message because I just randomly forward him stuff and he has to read through. Why did Michael send this to me? Yeah, he should hire a Google Workspace admin is what he should do. Yeah. You know, being honest, I'm not going to even take that little cheap shot. So Mike, I would fix it for whatever it is, but Mike just hasn't asked me to fix it. So nope, (laughs) I sure haven't. But sure yeah, have. he does for the emails. He told me what to do a couple of times. For the rest of you out there, you should hire a Google Workspace admin, though, is what you should do. You know, So reach out. You can find me online. Yeah. We got contact info. Thanks, everybody. Why for do we listening. never mention the businesses? Um, anyway, we do. <laughs> Hold on. That's an after show. Hold on one second. Let me, let me finish this one. All right. I want to thank everybody that listens. Uh, we truly appreciate it. Uh, the numbers have been going up, so I appreciate everybody that is subscribing. Tell a friend about the show. If you already told a friend, uh, tell another one or tell them to tell a friend. You know what? Do the equivalent to your friends of what I did to Mike to buy that mixer uh, to get them to subscribe to the show. We would appreciate it, right? Then you're really channeling technically working, or at least you're channeling me for a second, all right? We appreciate everybody listening. Have a good week and we'll catch you in 31.